Okay, this is mostly useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Okay. Are we going from the top? Yeah. Okay. So many, so many, so many damn books. Boy, I have a lot of items that I just am just carrying around in my arms like an idiot. Wouldn't it be nice if there was something in which you could put them? Uh, yeah. I don't know what that would be, though. Would it would be some sort of enormous box? Or would it, there be something even better than that? What if you could put it over your shoulder? Oh, like some sort of... Like a like a shopping bag, but better. One that you could maybe reuse for mm. many different things. You could put anything in it. Perhaps in it would have a, a hip, catchy slogan for the kids. <laughs> for, the, for the children. Basically, what we're telling you <laughs> is we are selling our tote. Um, people who subscribe to our Patreon uh, got a tote in the mail. And it is a beautiful blue tote with so many damn books on one side and the fantastic slogan. My other car is a book. <laughs> it really gets, it, it grows on me every time. Uh, I really like anytime someone reads it and they're like, oh, because <laughs> they don't, I understand. It's the first day we had just gotten them and I decided I was going to take one out and I was on the subway and these two teens, like hardcore teens were looking at and they pointing and they said, <laughs> <laughs> perfect hey if the teens like it i mean right so one side my other car is a book the other side the so many damn books logo that you've come to know and love on your ipod or android or whatever screen that you put it on designed by the fantastic jefferson wiggins yes um and yeah basically what you need to do is go to so many damn and you'll see uh that we have them for sale the we have the patreon subscribers are special club unto themselves where they got a blue tote we have black totes to for sale they're going to be twenty dollars plus uh shipping plus shipping so we'll ship anywhere in the world which has been a difficulty for us in the past but because you'll pay for it yep and uh we are really excited to have these totes go out into the world where you can rep your um devotion to our show and uh just get some some neat stares from people who try to figure out what does that what does that say <laughs> what what does that mean yeah uh and what it means is that books are transporting and oh wow uh, they can take you places i just thought it was a goof it's both oh. <laughs> i've found oh. i found the hidden depths of, <laughs> of the joke uh so yeah buy our totes it's uh we we had some demand for people asking oh we they really wanted us to do his totes again and uh so we're just going to sell these ones yeah and we would really appreciate it if we sold out. This is a great Christmas present. It and is. Christmas is just around the corner. It's sooner than you think, folks. That's Seriously. not even just Christopher talking. It's truly sooner than you think. Um, I've gotten so many books in the mail recently from like that are like mm. coming out next year. Yeah, we're into 2019 now. Um, why don't we actually start the show? Do a little pivot. Yeah. Christopher. I'm Drew. And this is So Many Damn Books, A Blessing, A Curse, A, a podcast. podcast, and we are talking books this time and As reading. 
we're, uh, we're, we're taking a little different, uh, different crack at it. We're going to talk books. Yeah. Um, you know, we heard, we did some market testing and we heard that you all like to hear us talk about books the most. Yeah. Um, we don't have anybody in the, in the damn library with us today. We've been shuffling and we've got some shucking and jiving. Yeah, we got some stuff coming up that we can't quite talk about yet that has just like been consuming our brains. Um, yeah, no joke. We've gotten all of this show reading that is long books that take a long time to enjoy and think about. Yeah. Um, plus, it was the end of summer. All mm. of that stuff. So this is another. This is another one of those reading snapshots. Reading snapshot. We did this like a year ago. Um, it's and almost like we planned it. Yeah, almost. It's almost like that. Actually, so I'm going to... Let's start with the drink. Yes. So um, since it is an actually cool fall day, I thought... Um, some sort of whiskey tea, mm-hmm. a whiskey in a teacup type of drink would be apropos. And Drew, um, as many of you may know, is a tea connoisseur, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think that is a safe way to describe Captain T. Yeah, I think that might be a heroin thing. Oh, Ugh. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Uh. <laughs> Captain, <laughs> how about Captain Tizane? Yeah, I like it. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Uh, and so what's in this buddy um what's in the tea blend so the tea blend is a 50 50 split of a t2 that's the the letter t and the number two they're an australian company they are indeed they have uh made inroads here in new york particularly they're beautiful stores yeah um big like bright colorful design and surprisingly enough great tea great tea um this is an herbal tea that they have called gone surfing uh, that's just a lovely, it's flowers and lemongrass, and it's very chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixed with this stuff, it I do not use it very often, and when I do use it, I only want a little bit, because it's a very robust flavor. So it's been around for a while, but um, Muse Monthly, back when they were sending out a book and a tea every month, when Jamie Attenberg's All Grown Up was their selection, they included a special rooibos bourbon Bur- vanilla mm-hmm. blend. Uh, and so I split the two of those. Yes. And then we added in some Four Roses bourbon. Yep. So it's not just bourbon flavored. <laughs> and um, we also added in, I, I had some Papi Amaro still from Araquan's uh, cocktail, as mm-hmm. well as I made some more of that ice wine tea syrup because I am obsessed with it. It's such an interesting fruity it really flavor. Is. That is really not unlike, it's unlike any sort of fruit flavor you had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of this together in a cup, I feel, you know, eased into fall. Yep. I want a shawl collar. Yep. And I want to fall backward in a pile of leaves. Fireplace. Make sure that I don't have a sucker. Yeah. It's a a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. (laughs) It was good. (laughs) Let's, let's hang out and talk some books. Um, so let's do what'd you buy? Yeah. What did you buy, Drew? Uh, I have two. One, followers of our Instagram know that I've already read it. 
Um, the Seas by guest of the show, Samantha Hunt. Mm. Uh, it recently came out in a reissued beautiful hardcover from Tin House. Mm-hmm. Introduction by Maggie Nelson. So cool. Um, beautiful cover. Beautiful cover. It's just one of those books that I kept seeing it in the store and then being like, oh, fuck, I just need to buy this. That's a um, paper overboard hardcover, right? Yes. I like those. Tin House. So for a long, long time, Tin House only paperback. Mm-hmm. And they've started doing these paper overboard hardcovers. And at first I thought this was just like a special reissue situation. Mm-hmm. No, they've genuinely, they are now a robust enough publishing house that they're able to sustain doing hardcovers. And that's really like, cool. That's great. Yeah. For people who don't know, a paper overboard is that like sort of hardcover that the cover is printed straight onto the hardcover, mm-hmm. basically. It doesn't have the, um, doesn't have a dust cover with the, yeah with the cover, but it's, it looks very cool for that Samantha Hunt. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I picked up is my next book club book, which also two days after I picked it up was... Uh, short or long listed for the National Book Award. Nice. I'd never heard of it prior to this. The Boat Builder by Daniel Gumbiner. Mm. Gum Gumbiner? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we're going to learn soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's out from McSweeney's. Mm. Um, and it just got long listed for the National Book Award. So I'm excited about that. That's really cool. How about you? I have the immense luck of being with someone who works at a penguin random house yeah and so that means that sarah will peruse the um take shelf for me (laughs) and she brought home two incredible um books for me to read karen thompson walker's the dreamers which is out in january um and that karen thompson walker she wrote age of miracles which is a really interesting um speculative fiction novel of what if the sun like what if the it was the rotation. The, the rotation yeah, of the planet the, slowed down. The Earth slowed, 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 and so, like, weather got all crazy and everything. Yeah. It was a very good, you know, eco-apocalypse book. Mm-hmm. Um, Before that was hip. I actually remember going to uh, Spoonbill mm-hmm. in um, Williamsburg. This is when I stopped. I decided to boycott them forever. <laughs> um, I walked in, and I was like, hi, I'd like, I'm looking for this book, The Age of Miracles. And then he looked at me, and they, like, looked me up and down. And then in the most, you know, pretentious book voice ever, um, we don't carry self-help. <laughs> <laughs> Which, one, why are you denigrating someone <laughs> who is trying to find help in their lives? Two, that's not a self-help book. Yeah, yikes. Really bad. Yikes. I've never bought anything there again. <laughs> um, so I, but that book was great. And so I'm really excited. This is six years, six or seven years after that book came out. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, and this is about like people just starting to fall asleep. Yeah, like a disease of sleeping. Yeah, sort of like it kind of makes me think of like Find Me, like, oh, yeah, like Laura Vandenberg style. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, and then the other one that I got that uh, Sarah brought home for me is Liana Fink's Passing for Human. And so Liana Fink is a um, is a New Yorker, often cartoonist. That um, actually Amy Kurzweil, friend of the show, uh, brought to my attention, and she's great. She has this. She has a very interesting, very sort of even less representative than Quentin Blake, but mm-hmm. in that sort mm-hmm. of like very sketchy style. Yeah, big time. Really cool um, Instagram follow that Fink is spelled with a. C in there, F I N C K. You want to follow her. She's really cool. And this memoir, um, I've seen just little excerpts of the comics from it, and I just cannot wait. It just really has captured me. Cool. Yeah. 
She's got this line. It starts it. That's like, um, I don't draw because I want to. I draw because I'm trying to find something I lost. Yeah. Which is so, I don't know. That, that's a that great hits hook. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I bought. Nice. I didn't buy them at all. They were brought to me. It's the best. It's so cool. <laughs> really cool. So I guess... What have you been reading? <laughs> well, we were talking about long books, and it turns out I didn't read any of the three long books where I was like, yeah, I'm going to read at least one of these three. You were going to read Name, Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind. Patrick Rothfuss. And uh, Larry McMurtry. Uh, Prince of Tides. Right. Pat Conroy. Yeah. And part of it is I was meant to go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Uh, there was a hurricane. Yes. So that was that. And then I ended up going upstate. Uh, to the Hudson Valley for a while in the Catskills, and you gotta you take you, you want to take different books when you go to the woods versus going to the beach. It's very true. But also, I mean, this summer, in addition to the huge books that we've been reading, um, Codex nineteen sixty two, uh, Sion nineteen sixty three two three two. It's Sion's book, Codex, uh, his, a trilogy. Yeah, his new huge one. Um, we Which is young. strange for him because he writes those very, very slim, slim books. Novellas. Like they're so short, and that, I mean that's part of the beauty of his books. Mm-hmm. Um, but we that are young, and then I also, I mean, I fell into 62. the N.K. Jemison trilogy, mm-hmm. and that all of a sudden, instead of like instead of reading Patrick Rothfuss, I read all three Broken Earth books in the space of two weeks. Right. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that sort of happens is you have these great laid plans and you're like, I'm going to read this thing and then you end up not doing any of it. Yeah. There's stuff that I, I'm like, I'm going to get to that. Like my favorite thing is monsters. I mean, I've had that um, Emil Ferris and I keep saying next, it's next. <laughs> um, and it never is next. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that We That Are Young, the Predi Taneha, yeah. which is very interesting because it's a King Lear adaptation mm-hmm. but it's not part of the hogarth thing yeah it's and i'd like, like um, to ask if if we get the chance to talk to her i would like to ask about that yeah i bet you she has feelings yeah well it's like it's the same thing with like the ian McEwan nutshell mm-hmm. where people are just like either you guys go do your weird commission thing i'm just gonna write a great book based on these stories mm-hmm or if like I'm wondering, yeah, was there like a vying that happened? Who knows? Yeah, um, I I'm really I'm I'm reading that We That Are Young as well, and I'm enjoying it in a in a in a way that I was sort of curious if having read King Lear would help. Mm. And so I kind of am curious about all of those Hogarth Shakespeare's. I've talked to the we've talked to the um, publicists for that a little uh-huh. bit, and they they seem to be a little reticent, like saying that it's related to Shakespeare at all. Other than the tiny label at the top. Right. Um, they don't really like... The, some of the... If you look at some of these descriptions of the Hogarth Shakespeare's, they don't even mention the play that they're based on, mm-hmm. which is very odd to me. Yeah, it's a weird... Um, I don't know. I mean, I it, I work at the public, and it's like I, the I, biggest Shakespeare theater in the country. As a Shakespeare person, I feel like if you're looking for Shakespeare stuff, you would want that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder if part of it is like a very 21st century reaction to the idea of Shakespeare as the end all be all of culture. Mm. And that idea that what if there are people who would read these books who are turned off by the Shakespeare? 
And so they're like, they're trying to sort of, because the, the Shakespeare people but will find is, them. I guess. I just feel like that's like playing to like the obstructed view of the house, which <laughs> is just like, I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. Like that person can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's an interesting, it's an interesting series that Hogarth Shakespeare. And I think it's interesting when things are coming out that aren't part of it because it seems so all encompassing. Yeah, totally. So, so you read other things that said you read that I, I'm in that Broken Earth tr- trilogy as well. I finished the first one, bought the second one, mm-hmm. and I am ready to jump right in. Um, it is so good. Yeah. And, and it is one of those real like sci-fi endings where it's just like, yeah, this is just the first third yeah. of a very long book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very interesting books. So those, if, if you haven't gone and checked them out, it's, um, it's about this sort of race of people who are able to move the earth. Yeah. Like there it's, it is magic essentially, but they are able to manipulate the earth itself and, and weather and climate a little bit, but it's all based on like the earth's core and the power that exists in the core of the earth. So you're following this character in the first one anyway. Um, who there's a bunch of different versions and um, and seeming timelines and things going on at the same time. And it really, it's just one of these really deeply thought out worlds that you feel like you've got a tiny sliver of all the stuff that she knows mm-hmm. <laughs> about um, her, her fifth season world. Oh yeah. I mean, it's also it, like at the back, there's, there's the usual, like there's a glossary and there's sort of a little bit of history but even as you're reading that and then you see the things that are mentioned in the book that don't make it into either of those and you're like, oh yeah, you there's a whole world that's like in your head that you needed to write the books mm-hmm. that will just, you're fine just letting it live in your head, which is cool. She's got a very fun Patreon. Yeah. That um, she was commenting she's, uh, that she'd like people to write more fan fiction of her. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not that I read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that was cool. Um, I, I appreciate that. Um, that sort of, I don't know, we live in a very interesting age where authors really have to communicate with their fans more. Or, or mm-hmm. I don't know, have to, but they can, and a lot of them do. Right. They take the opportunity. Um, and I think that's really interesting and neat in a lot of ways. Like, I've loved Twitter, and f- that's one of the very main oh, reasons yeah. I've loved Twitter over the years, is that you can just tweet to a a writer and they'll probably tweet back Mm -hmm. or at least interact with you in some way yeah i mean even even the people who you feel as though there's no possible way like the neil gaiman's of the world Mm -hmm. and he actually is really good about either being like i am inundated right now so i'm not going to respond to stuff or just go spending the time to go through and be like oh you have like you tweeted something about fountain pens and you tagged me and even just to like it and you're like oh yeah yeah that's neat i do feel like there are some people like if you're on twitter like that's what you're doing like you're, sure you're, if you're on twitter you're on twitter and you that is your life yeah just responding and so i can feel i can see why some authors are looking at that and they're just like um heck no techno like i'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna jump on that at all what would yeah. you do would you um would you want to be a would you be a it's that tough thing where I can't imagine what your time would be like. That's well, what that I, but I can't imagine getting to a place. I can't imagine like 
for better or worse, Twitter and Instagram in particular have become so entwined with my life. Uh-huh. Both from, like with Instagram, which I genuinely believe to be an outlet for artistic expression, whether it's good artistic expression or not. Mm. There's like, there is something to, like I'm a huge photography nerd and I was as a kid and like 35 millimeter cameras, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But Twitter is just like, for better or worse, and increasingly for worse, but like it's there and the opportunity to have that direct line because I have interacted with so many people who I admire and look up to. So you want you'd want to give back. I would want to be there, yeah. yeah. Even if it, even if I had to step back, mm-hmm. like my sister's dealing with this right now as her singing career spools up, mm-hmm. and her managers are like, "You're gonna really have to think. Like you have to make the decision to either be on Twitter or not be on Twitter." Yeah, there's there's no half measures to it. Yeah, it's funny too to see all, like Joe Hill recently stepped back and he was mm-hmm. like my twitter will still be up but i'm not going to tweet anymore the change in the password my publicists are going to run it every once in a while i will send them a tweet and it'll have like jh at the end of it one of my um absolute favorite podcasts ever um and it's also a radio show uh the best show mm-hmm. uh, with tom sharpling um he often t- quits twitter <laughs> in a huff <laughs> yeah and then comes back and he's just like ugh, i gotta be on this thing i guess um, I, I don't know how many times he's quit and come back, but I think it's one of those things where you know it's bad for you mm-hmm. in some ways. Like it's like drinking an entire two liter bottle of Coke or something in one sitting. You're yeah. like, I'm not gonna, I shouldn't do this, but here I am. I'm halfway through this two liter bottle. <laughs> I might as well. Continue. Might as well just finish. Yeah. Yeah. What else have you been up to reading-wise, book-wise, all that stuff? Well, um, in my professional life, uh, yes. Uh, this is the time because... I, you didn't see it. Christopher just changed his glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, publishing takes a long break in August. Mm-hmm. It's very old-fashioned that way. Uh, it's kind yes. of European. Um, <laughs> that they just like August, like nothing gets done in any offices. People are there, but... Right. They don't necessarily do anything. And <laughs> you're more than likely to get a vacation autoresponder. Yeah. And so, like, now that now that we're deep in fall, uh, this is the big time for getting books out to editors uh, for I'm sending things that I have, I'm putting them on submission. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work reading. Yeah. And um, finishing up little things uh, for a YA novel that I've been working on. Cool. And a cozy mystery that I've been working on. Hell yeah. Um, and so those are fun. And I have some other things that are coming down the, um, an inspirational memoir, um, a show business sort of memoir thing um, that are all very exciting. But it just means that like I have not been able to read for fun very much. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple of times. And it's always interesting to watch the ebb and flow of how your work reading affects your daily life reading yeah well it's it's hard because like you really get into a mood of like i'm gonna edit this and fix it and make it better mm-hmm. and and make it the best book it can possibly be and then when i get home i am like doing my reading a disservice because i'm like still in fix it fix it mode uh, and i'm like oh like that's too long like i would cut this scene and right and i'm not like thinking like oh i'm just trying to enjoy this book and i'm not trying to fix it because i have no <laughs> <laughs> I have it no has already ability been to published. change anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's an interesting time 
uh, and I'm, that's it's it's now getting to the point where all those projects are like finished and now I can put them on submission and everything. Mm-hmm. So it means that I can get back to reading um, in in more of my regular full on crush. Nice. Um, yeah. So I am excited to get back to that. And in the meantime, it's been nice to read actually something that you can like a big book that mm-hmm. I can dip into and read a little bit of and then put it back down. I've used to hate to read a bunch of things at once or have a few books in, um, but it's, it's one thing, one thing to think that. And it's another thing to realize that like, no, you actually get right, but right back into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that world is, is just for you to jump back into. Um, and it only takes like one or two pages to sort of resituate yourself and be like, Oh, right, right, right. This is what's going on. And the, um, you know, the veil comes down and Mm -hmm. it really feels like you're back in it. And I think that that's like a magical thing that I, for some reason lost faith in, like you have to only read one book and read it from beginning to end. Yeah. And it turns out that I, you have more capacity for that, but it makes me question this other thing, which is just how many stories can you have going in your head mm. at once? Because if you think about it, like how many television shows are you watching that are in the midst of like a multi-season arc? Uh-huh. How many, you know, movies did you see half of? And you're like, oh, I might watch that again and right. finish it. How many books are you, you know, and then all of your friends' lives that are also stories in some ways. Like, I don't know. I feel like you've got, there's, I don't know how many slots you've got in your sort of CD changer of your mind. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting way to think about it because I don't, I don't think, I mean, with the, those horrifying statistics that come out sort of every year and they're like, uh, anybody over the age of 40 has probably not read a book since high school. And you're like, fuck yeah. what those don't take into account. And trust me, I am by no means trying to argue for people to it, that it's okay for people to not read, mm. but it, what it doesn't take into account is the just glut of narrative that all of us are experiencing on an even more rapid basis now. I mean, you look at what you look at like the political narratives that are Mm -hmm. rolling right now, developing stories all the time. Yeah. And it, I, this isn't just true over the last two years. It's always true. You look at people talking about something like, Oh, I don't know, Watergate. Mm -hmm. And they talk about the timeline and that is for whatever reason, lots of people are talking about that right now. And that idea that no idea why that, that timeline when it people were living through it it felt like everything was happening all at once but you look back and you see how long it actually took and to think about now the rapidity with which things take place but the books are always there the books are always there that's the thing to to wrap it up a little bit on this tangent that we've gone down yeah this idea that there is so much narrative but the books have for better or worse they have a pace and you must read to their pace. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a speed reader or whatever, the book will exist in you at its own pace. Mm-hmm. And that's not true with TV. It's not true with movies. It's certainly not true with the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just got weirdly deep. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about recommendations? Yeah, sure. What do you recommend to the good people? I've got two. Okay. Um, two things that I read this summer and I loved. One of them 
Vanishing Twins by Leah Dietrich. Oh, cool. Uh, it's out from Soft Skull. It's a memoir. It exists in a very, like, Maggie Nelson short, like, it doesn't take up the full page. Oh, like, a lot of white space mm-hmm. and, like, space for those thoughts. To yeah. Um, the character, it, the way that the book has is been talked about is that it is about this woman deciding in her marriage, like, that they decide to have an open marriage and to see how that works. The book is way stranger and way more complex than sort of the, like, pulpy thing that that implies of, like, ooh, a polygamy memoir. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of stuff about her training as a ballerina when she was a kid. It makes me want to read, like, the Art of Fielding style book about college ballet. Mm -hmm. Um, You might have to write that, man. I don't know if that exists. I am, Yeah. I, it, it's one of those things that has stuck in my head enough that now I'm like, I just do kind of want to know more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleanor Catton has a dance book, The Rehearsals. Oh, yeah. Right? I haven't read that. I don't think uh. that's I, I don't think that's ballet necessarily. Um, and Dana Spiota, she has a ballet book, doesn't she? She does? Doesn't she? She has, there's the rock and roll book, Stone Arabia. There's the most recent book, Innocence and Others, which has is just like a life book. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, There's someone else. Interesting. Maggie Shipshead. <gasps> that sounds like it could be right. That's the one that there's a she wrote a ballet book. She wrote book. a ballet book. Yeah, oh. maybe that this is how you find it. Interesting. Okay, well I'm gonna go look that up. But <laughs> anyway, the book is great. It just can't, it's also got a great Soft Skull does cool covers. You know, they're part of Catapult. Um, oh right and counterpoint they're all and black balloon they all they that's all great design that's all in the same office uh, with our friend of the show julie bunton oh yeah that explains a lot mm-hmm. um anyway wait what's the other one totally changing tracks a book called trail of lightning by rebecca roanhorse oh man uh it's cool out, last name yeah it's out from saga press she just won the Hugo, Nebula, and Lotus Award for short story. Um, this is the first in a series. I I hope it is a series series, not a trilogy. Um, post-climate apocalypse, U.S. Uh, native woman hunting monsters. And it just, it's fucking great. It's one of those <laughs> things when you, like, when you want sort of just that, like, fast-paced, well-developed, well-written monster hunt kind of novel. Mm-hmm. But it also, it, it's, it's, but also it's just great to read that story from the point of view of a native voice, mm-hmm. um, which is tremendously underrepresented in so much of literature. But like, as I started reading this and as she's diving into native myths and the way that they are, rep- I'm like, Wow. This this to me feels genuinely new, and it makes me excited to read so much more because I'm like, oh, here's this whole other swath of mythology mm. that, like, for me, it was like, Coyote's a trickster, <laughs> and so there's so much more, and it's it's just great. The second book I think is coming out in like April, mm. and I'm hoping it's one of those like every six months mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, yeah. Cool. How about you? Um, I'm gonna recommend an audiobook. As I am wont to do. Sure, sure. Uh, I love You've Got Mail. Uh-huh. Um, 
and I've always meant to jump into Nora Ephron. And I was looking at audiobooks, and I saw um, an actress, I don't know, you might have heard of her, Meryl Streep. <laughs> she reads Nora Ephron's thinly veiled memoir. It's not a memoir, it's a novel, but it's like, apparently it's very much her own life. I don't know. I don't, I can't speak. <laughs> but Heartburn uh, came out in 1983. And uh, it's about a, a a woman who finds out that her husband is having an affair. And uh, the sort of interesting thing that is going on in the affair is the um, the woman that he's having an affair with is also married, but they all three of them have been going to therapy together. <laughs> and, uh, and she is, it's honestly the, um, it's so perfect for Meryl Streep to re- be reading this book because it's only five and a half hours long. Great. It's like the shortest audio book ever. And it's just Meryl Streep basically doing a one woman show. Of, nice. Because it's basically like a 210 page monologue. Right. And it's fantastic. <laughs> it's about a, it's, it's a food memoir writer who, and so like every now and then she'll, break up what she's talking about with a recipe <laughs> she, where and, and she'll explain like oh yeah like that's what you do for this i guess like and then she'll <laughs> for and then she'll come back and it's just it's delightful and really strange also just to be reading something in the midst of all of our changing and evolving identity politics mm-hmm. and then reading something that is about washington liberals in the eighties. Wow. And so some of the stuff that they say, you're like, Whoa, like liberalism has come a long way. (laughs) Um, and so it's really, it was, it's delightful. It's so good. And there were parts at the very end where I just was like stopping and slowing it down and writing it down because it was so good. And I just wanted to like get those words even further into me. Cool. Cause she just, I don't know. She, Nora Ephron, um, knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to read, I don't know, I guess I'm going to get that complete Nora Ephron or something. Like I just want, I want all there is. I'm ready. I'm nice. ready to, to take a deeper dive now. Do it. Yeah. It's worthwhile. So that's, uh, that's. All the that's print all that's the, fit to news. Yeah, I feel, you know. Um, we have some really fun things coming up by the end of the year. Um, our 100th episode is coming down the pike, and we finally figured out what we're going to do. Yep, that's going to be a hoot. And um, we really appreciate you, all you listeners, and we would really appreciate if you do one of three things. You don't have to do any of them. You can turn off this podcast now if you don't want to do any actions. <laughs> you won't miss anything good. Uh, or will you? Uh, number one, you can buy a tote from us. Go to our website, so manydambooks.com. You will find a link to the totes. They are $20 plus shipping. And we will send it to you and you will love it. Um, two, you can go on iTunes and leave us a review. We really appreciate that. It's always very helpful. It really helps Especially us out. Especially when it's five stars. A lot. And the other thing you can do if you're feeling really magnanimous and fun, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash smdb, and you can pledge to give us a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $150 million a month, whatever you have in your pocketbook. Jeff, buddy. Mr. Bezos, if you're listening. Yeah. 
We've got book ideas. <laughs> like, let's you like books? We like books. <laughs> does he like books? Uh, no, I don't think no. he does. He just likes money. <sighs> we have that in common, me and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I go about it, getting it differently yeah, sure. than he does. Yeah. All right, that's it, right? That's it. I think that's it. We'll be back in two weeks. For realsies. For realsies. Bye. Bye. Bye.